Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. You know, today the Lord has brought us into the church to equip ourselves for exploits. That you might be well equipped for exploits that you want us to do. The Bible said that they that do know their God, they are those that are strong. We need strength in this time and age. And there are those that can do exploits. You know, friends, there are ways great people behave. There are manners that are peculiar to people that are great. Not at the point where they attain their greatness. But even before they attain their greatness, there's a peculiarity about them. That's the way they order them. That's the way they manifest. And if you are very conscious, you will mark the person. I said, the way this guy is carrying on, is going to end up being great. And so when he has attained his height of greatness, somebody will say, no wonder, no wonder, no wonder. Can you relate to that? Ah, no wonder. And what the Lord always wants us to know is those ways and manners that lead to our greatness and our exploit. Whereby we begin to form character, godly character, exploit character. Exploit behaviors. Something that distinguishes us from the rest and makes us to be singled out by the Lord to do his great works in our lives. The way a manner we behave, and somebody says he's just like Jesus. I'm not talking about the holiness, that is a part of it. I'm not talking about the righteousness. But I'm talking about the daily character, the mannerism that you conduct your life and conduct your ways that is peculiar to great people. Peculiar to where the people that God distinguished. And it's very related to the way Jesus conducted his life when he was in the face of the earth. These are things that are constant and consistent with people that overcomes this world to a life of great exploits. And the after effect of this overcoming the world becomes a life of exploits. How can you be said to have overcome the world without you doing exploit or not? The evidence that you really overcome the challenges of this world is your life of dominion. Because this world has troubles. Oh yes, it has challenges. Oh yes, it has troubles. Oh yes, it has challenges. It has problems. It has attack. Especially when you're a child of God and your star is shining by the covenant you have with God, the enemy will try to oppress you and you will fight the battle. But there are ways you conduct your ways and your life that singles you out because somehow you meander through the affairs and the challenges of this world and always coming out different. Something that makes you who you eventually will become in God. Something that pleases God and is peculiar to those that God has singled out for blessing. We should know what our Lord Jesus Christ knew. And we should operate the way our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ operated when he was a man living on earth that actually made him to overcome the world. Everybody will say, yes, he's spiritual. Yes, spiritual. That is true. But the conduct was physical. The confession was physical. The behavior was physical. 
Inspired by the Spirit. Yes, I agree. Line up with the Spirit and you will be inspired. But if you are not so very much inspired, just be like your Jesus. And you will see how you will end up. I want to say to somebody in the house today that you are about to start a life of great exploit. You have started the journey for a great exploit on earth. The Lord is about to give you the mindset of winners. You know, winners have mindset. They have mindset. That's the way they think. That's the way they structure their life. That's the way they imagine things. That's the way they confess things. That's the way they practice. There's a way they rehearse. There is a way they conduct their life. There's a way they discipline themselves. Just because they know in their mind that they're destined to be winners. I said the Lord is about to give you the mindset of winners. You know, because you are time for you to win and it will manifest in the natural has come. So that you can begin to exercise dominion over your situations, dominion over your enemies, dominion over the attacks that you might be having, dominion over the affairs of this world. That is the essence. Do you have a Bible with you this morning? Can you please turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7? Ecclesiastes 7 verse 10. Are we there? Ecclesiastes 7 verse 10. Say not thou. What is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou hast not inquired wisely concerning this. Don't you ever say what is the cost that the former days were better than this? For thou hast not inquired wisely concerning this. Can you please turn to the book of Job chapter 8 verse 7. Job chapter 8, verse number 7. Don't you ever imagine or think that your former days are better than now, your present not to talk about your future. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes. Then in Job, he said, Though thy beginning was small, yet thy later end shall greatly increase. Though thy beginning was small, thy later end shall greatly increase. And so, if this is your portion, if this is your covenant with God, if this is the way the Lord has structured you as a child of God, don't you ever say, neither should you ever imagine, no matter how good your past might be, and no matter how rough your present might be, and no matter how bleak your future might seem in your eyes, that your past is better than your present. No, your present likely going to be better than your future. Don't you ever, because there's a progression in covenant with, we have with God, that though our beginning was small. Now listen, this beginning being small simply means wherever you start from. Even when we started from being having a million dollars deposited in your account by your parents, your beginning is still small. Even when you have $10 million deposited by your parents in your, in, in your bank account, your beginning is still small. 
Because God's provision for us by covenant is that wherever we start is actually the least we can be in the ultimate. Wherever we start represents the least we can be in the ultimate. And that is by the power of God's covenant with us as his children. And that's actually the mindset of winners. No matter how good your past was, your future is programmed to be better. No matter how good your yesterday may be, your tomorrow is designed by God to be better. And no matter how bad your past has been, it will not cancel or negate the truth that your tomorrow has been designed by God to be better than your yesterday. No matter how terrible also your present situation might be, it has no power to negate the fact that you are born great and you must achieve greatness. And God's covenant with you is that your future, your tomorrow, is surely going to be great and much better than what you are today is telling you. I would like you to please study your Bibles by yourself. Study your Bibles very well regarding your covenant of greatness. Your covenant of blessing. And you begin to discover that this is the covenant provision of God for his people. And you also discover that the reverse is the case with the wicked. Or those that said, where is God? This is what clearly distinguishes us from the unbelievers. And that is why we must never be envious of them. Your future is quite unpredictable by the world because your future is in the hands of God. And what God has destined for you to be is in his mind. He has set it before even when you were born. And is determined that you are going to become that thing. And so progressively the Lord is taking you one step at a time. Sometime a little bit of mountaintop. Sometime pitfalls. But you are just on a journey. To greatness. That will ultimately announce that covenant. Before the world in your lives. David said I was young and now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, neither his seed begging for bread. Psalm 37 verse 38 seals this. Psalm 37 verse 38. He said, mark the perfect man. Perfect in the sense of a redeemed man. The one that God has imputed his righteousness upon. Because no man in itself, in himself, is perfect. And so when you see perfect man here, it's just the redeemed of the Lord. The one that the Lord has chosen for himself. And have perfected by his grace. Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright. For the end of that man is what? Is peace. The end of that man is what? Is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. So there is a, a big divide between the righteous of God and those that don't know God. The Lord is saying it's not actually in their beginning. It's not in the middle of their life. But the end. Mark, the Bible says, the end of a perfect man. Or mark a perfect man. And behold the upright. For the end of that man is not the beginning. It's not somewhere in the in-between. As much as you can enjoy that, 
but there is an end. One of the things that this mindset that we are talking about today or the understanding that you are about to begin to unveil the more today gives a child of God is peace of mind. When you know that your end is blessed, much more blessed than your beginning, that the path of a just man is like a shining light that shines more and more and more unto the perfect day. When you have that understanding, you don't so much worry and fret about what is going on in your life now because you know that your tomorrow is better, designed to be better, programmed to be better, covenanted with God to be better than your present and your past. That is our covenant with God. And the devil don't struggle with this. And the devil can't struggle with it. I believe that a man's greatest asset is not what he has already acquired or achieved in life as good as they might be. A man's greatest asset is not on the thing that any man can see. And I believe it from the depth of my heart. But a man's greatest asset is in what is yet to be achieved that eyes have not seen. Unless the word of God is not correct. That your light shines brighter and brighter and brighter. The blessing of God from blessing to blessing. From glory to glory. From height to height. And so as your days, so shall your blessings. A man's greatest asset is not the best that God has done for him before. But the best that is yet to unveil that the Lord will yet do for him or do for her. So all your blessings of the, of the past are good. They showed how God is relating with you and you have great testimony. But listen to me, friends. What you have not seen, the blessing that God has left before for you, earmarked, ready, going to be hushed and delivered to you, is much, much bigger than all that you have seen before. That is the power of our covenant with God. And you must have that as your mindset. So if you want to inquire rightly, don't ever inquire, oh, the former days were better. How? In what sense? You don't even know that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. It are not even entering into the heart of man what the Lord has reserved for them that really, really love him. Your future is better than your past. And much, much better than your present. For Lord is taking you on a journey of greatness. And you will not die till you achieve that greatness. That is where we are going to this morning. This is why the word of God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4. For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Your greatest asset is the life that you have. Because as long as the life is there, what you are going to be tomorrow cannot be determined by men and cannot be stopped by men. He that is joined to all the living has hope. Has hope. Has hope. No matter what a dead lion has achieved in his lifetime. Once he's dead, the possibility of achieving anything is finished. 
Then watch a living dog. <laughs> watch a living dog. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Listen to me. You shall not die, but you shall live. You shall not die, but you shall live even to fulfill your destiny. In the name of Jesus. You might have started up like a, a dog. Lame. And not have manifested lionhood. But as long as you are alive, it gives you an edge over anyone that would have started much more greater than you. Because we're surprised in the making that tomorrow has a surprise that the world has not known. As long as you stick to God. Life is progressive. And that is why we must all be grateful to God for the gift of life. It is not just a popular saying, but a covenant saying that when there is life, there is hope. Are you alive today? Even when you are sick, the fact that you are alive today is the hope that you'll be healed. That is the hope. Because the miracles of God in our life manifest in our lives when we are alive. Even when God can raise the dead, but when it is time for one to go and he goes, that settles it. But for the living, if anybody tells you that you are not going to be anything, you can't amount anything, your own is finished, you just look at him and laugh. And begin to do Holy Ghost laugh. I begin to laugh. I say, Why are you laughing? I begin to laugh because he doesn't know any better. He doesn't understand any better. He doesn't can't even imagine any better. Because what is inside of you is much, much bigger than what any man can see and what any man can imagine. There is hope. Anytime you see yourself breathing, hope for a better life, hope for great achievement, hope for the fulfillment of your destiny, hope for the promises of God to come to pass in your life, hope for restoration. You wake up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. <laughs> I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because there is hope in that day. There is hope that somebody you don't even know will give you a call and give you something you never imagined can come your way. There is hope that you just wake up and stretch and that thing that has been disturbing you has vanished. There is hope that the reproach that people have been giving you will turn to honor because something will happen in your life like it did in the life of Joseph and somebody that used to reproach him and mock him will begin to find a way to honor him. Because a change has come. <laughs> a change has come. <laughs> a change has come. Promotion has come. I say promotion has come. Yesterday I was talking to a pastor friend of mine and we're just talking about life and situations. And he said to me, you know things can happen all of a sudden. I said you can say it again. Things can happen all of a sudden. I said, we know it. And he said, you know things can happen to us all of a sudden? I said, say it again. If you are prophesying, prophesy them all. And that will change the way you talk, the way you think, the way you carry yourself, and the way the people will see you. And he began to analyze it. And he went into a regular life thing. And he said, 
I have a friend that I used to raise, you know. Oh boy, get me something now. Transfer some, some things. And um, all of a sudden, by stroke of luck or by God's will, God's ordained opportunity, being a child of God, the guy became a senator. And he said, Pastor Charles, do you know what? The way this guy thinks has changed. His friends have changed. His life has changed. Even me, we call. He said, no, I call you back. I call you back. I'm in a meeting. I call you back. I said, you calling me? What do you mean calling me? I call you back. I'm sorry, sorry, Pastor. I will call. You call me back? Me? That even when you're in a secret place, you call rush out and say, ah, Pastor, uh, yeah, yeah, what can I do? Can, can I do something for you? Is there, any, is there any way you want me to go for you? Are you not telling me, I will, hey, shh, don't call me back. Talk to me. I said, no, please, I'll call you back. You don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> because something happened to him and it changed. And I said to him, you think it's all altogether his fault? He said, no. He could be very busy, but people don't understand it. He could be so engaged, but people may not understand it. But once you are promoted, your lifestyle changed. And somebody will say, like we are saying now, ah, but I used to know him. No, he's no more the same. He said, he called him one day and said, Pastor, I want to give you the secret. I'm changing this number, but I will give you the number you can always reach me. That means thousands of people cannot get him anymore. <laughs> Your level is changing. Your level is changing. Your level is changing. Your level is changing. In the name of Jesus. Ah, this laugh is deeper than the laugh you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so the Lord made me to understand that the best that you can achieve in life is still in your future. No matter how, how old you might be today. The thing that you are destined to be is still in your tomorrow. Never in your yesterday. So yesterday is gone. And if there is anything you want to occupy your thought with, it should be your tomorrow. What tomorrow holds for you. What God has provided for your tomorrow. What your covenant tomorrow is. Because your covenant tomorrow is your better tomorrow. That is what you are covenanted with God. Your covenant tomorrow is your better tomorrow. The Lord said to me one day, as I was humanly and naturally disturbed about the affairs of things in my life, good is, is expected. You look at things and say, I am disturbed, God. What is going on here? And the Lord spoke to my heart when I was meditating on you know, you don't meditate on challenges. You meditate on the promises of God. So I, I thought I dwelled so much <laughs> I thought I really dwelled so much about the present situation and I tend to begin to ask God some unruly questions. <laughs> well, I said to God after, forgive me, I'm just a man. And so, as I was disturbed over situations of things in my life as compared to what he has showed me concerning my destiny, he said to me that anytime your best becomes your yesterday, you have no more reason to live. Anytime your best becomes your yesterday, you have nothing to live for anymore. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. He said, do you know Timothy? I said, yes, in the Bible. He went in a funny way. Do you know the spiritual father of Timothy? I say it's Apostle Paul. 
He said, he wrote in the mail that he sent to his son Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He said to his son, spiritual son, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He wrote that to his son. He now continued by the next verse and saying, I'm not ready to go and meet God. You can imagine what his spiritual, spiritual son would have felt. Abba, Oga, you are just in your 50s now. Why are you saying that? He was saying it because there was nothing to live for anymore. He has finished all he has come into this world to live for. And the only place to go is to die. At that point, Apostle Paul had achieved in this world and made all the success that you could make out of life. And there was no more left for him to achieve. And that was in his late 50s. I began to comprehend. And Jesus, our Lord, within three and a half years, did great exploit and worked so hard. And at the age of 33, he finished his purpose on earth. And he was ready to go to where he was coming from. And the voice asked me, is that your choice now? To quickly rush through all the things you want to do in life, I can make it like one or two years. And I quickly answer, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> I, I didn't waste time. I, don't, I, love, I love heaven, but I don't want to go there now. I love heaven so much. <laughs> I love, we sing about it, but it is, I, I don't want to go there now. I don't, I don't just like it now, okay? I like it for the ultimate. <laughs> I said, no, sir. He said, take your time. The clouds will roll by. The storm will cease. The challenge will be over. But it all happens in my time. Enjoy the ride of the storm. And wait for such a time I've set apart. Because when I come visiting, you start a process of my glory and I said Lord I prefer that I prefer he said be still and know that I'm God the problem that looks so big in your life today is too small for God to take care of and so if God is not taking care of it you are thinking God are, are you still there I, I mean have you no he has not forgotten you he has not neglected you He's taking through a journey to fortify you. Because by the time he's done with you, you become a lecturer over people's life. You become a source of inspiration over people's life. You become a source of testimony that people share. Because they know when you are going through the fire. They know when you are going through the water. But somehow, the fire did not burn you and the water did not overflow you. And eventually, when God comes to your rescue, somebody will come and say, this God must be my, my God. And I said to him, but sir, this is not interesting. He said his experience of championship is never interesting. <laughs> it's never interesting, but watch where I am taking you to. My word will never fail, has never failed, I will not fail in your life. How many of you can say what Apostle Paul said now to yourself? I have fought a good fight of faith. I have finished my course. How many of you can say that? I have finished my course. <laughs> uh, you don't want to say that. Even at times when you want to read in the Bible, you say, I have not finished my course. But you understand what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But when you go through the course that Apostle Paul went through to be able to attend the height that he attended and became the foremost apostles and wrote three quarters of the New Testament, you know that that course was not an easy course. <laughs> it was not a normal course. 
born again, sanctified, preached to by Jesus himself. When he was going to Damascus to persecute the Christians, preached to by the Lord himself. And now sent people to come and finish it. And he gave his life to Jesus. Then shipwreck. Then snake bite. Then first brethren. All manners of flogging. Even left to be dead. But he was pursuing his course. He was being toughened and strengthened for, for me and you to call his name. In 2019. And they will still call his name till Jesus comes. For him to leave a mark that people will be inspired with. But when he was going through this, it was not an easy course for him. But let me tell you one thing. If there be anybody that achieved greatness in the New Testament dispensation, and you say this guy was a great guy, that was Apostle Paul. Courses are never easy. You don't bribe lecturers, the angels of God, to pass the exams. <laughs> you don't cheat your way through. You take it through your life. And when you come out, you come out triumphantly and you can say to the doubting Thomas, see this car. Read my story. Read my history. See the lyrics of the thing that happened to me, but now I am different. I have been glorified. I am blessed. I fall into my destiny. And then your life becomes more, much more an instrument in your latter day than just calling Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't be worried, friends. We're on a journey to greatness. <laughs> We're on a journey to greatness. The tomorrow that I can see of you is so beautiful. It's so glorious. It's so wonderful. <laughs> the Lord is about to do something new in us. So if you cannot speak like Apostle Paul, please. Know that your best is yet to come. The reason why you are still alive is because you have not fulfilled your divine destiny. You have not achieved your purpose on earth. It means that God has not finished with you. And so you must be excited because of your tomorrow. If you believe in your tomorrow like me, please begin to prepare for it now. Begin to prepare for the greatness of God manifesting in your life tomorrow. Keep looking up. Keep looking forward. Never you look backwards. Keep projecting your mind. When God, when God, when God settled this, when God gave me this, when God does what he promised me, when God, I will do, I will be. <laughs> yeah, because the now is not the issue. But preparation is the hallmark of success. If the Lord give you $50 billion now, what are you going to do with it? At times you might, you might be very confused, you know? <laughs> you might be so confused about that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people will go mad, you know? It's like... <laughs> You are the God of heaven and the earth. I remember many years ago, I was able to buy a car. I mean, one good Tokumbo car because the Lord surprised me, shocked me you know, remove my theology. I mean, you know the story. I mean, the year we could not pay 200 naira for my daughter's um, primary six exam that same year. But that same year, he gave me a wonderful Bronco. He gave me a car for my wife. I, you know, I mean, a Volvo car. And before the year closed, 
We're so much different from the way we started the year. 200 naira we couldn't afford. So I parked the cars where I can see the cars. I wake up in the morning, I will look. Before I sleep, I will look. If I wake up in the middle of the night and want to pray, I will first look. <laughs> Isn't that some little, little madness? <laughs> it was like a dream. And when I look, I imagine what people have said. I imagine what people have said. And my wife, as you see her, is, is very mouthy, very mouthy. Some people the Lord has blessed before the Lord touched us with small, small starlet. You know, starlet. You know, small under starlet. And I don't know what it is. And all those small, small things, you know. They would drive to our house. We were using Kenchia. We don't even have money. I said, come and see the car my husband has bought for me. My wife, he said, when my own come. I beg, leave that matter, Joe. I'm telling you what God has... Yeah, he said, when my own come, <laughs> and when her own came, <laughs> they renamed their blessing. They said, their own was many accord. I'm telling you the life story in Jesus' name. But our own is what? Few are chosen. They redefine it. They said, it's, my own is many accord. Look at what he bought for me. But that was a boastful thing before. Many accord. But their own is what? <laughs> and I said, this is your mouth, sir. This is your mouth. <laughs> If you don't believe in your tomorrow, people will define your tomorrow for you. If you didn't say about your tomorrow, people will say about your tomorrow for you. And what they say is what you have. <laughs> if you don't believe in what God can do in your life, people will tell you the only way you can go, they will just limit you. <laughs> and so, that time, I didn't have new dresses. She was still going to Mandela's to buy me good shirts, second-hand shirts, very good trousers, second-hand trousers. But then that was what I had. But I had, I had gotten the heavy blessing. So I will iron my, she will help me iron my, she, she works very hard for me. My white dress and statue and, and I will enter the car. The only thing I'm permitted to play is worship song. And I will see myself and I say, January, December, how did it happen? <laughs> when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion. <laughs> I said, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion. I said, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion. They were like them. I got to a place one day, somebody said, Charles, ah, is that your car? I said, this is not my car. My car is at home. This is my wife's car. Your wife's car? You mean you bought? I said, yes. I will soon visit you with my car. Because at a point, they said I was a driver to my friend. Because we are doing things together and his elder brother had a car, a flight engine, white Mercedes Benz. So, I use it to run errand to try to put myself together. And each time they come from the U.S., I carry them. I don't really carry them and they sit at the back, but I carry them with the car. And they say, Charles is a driver. And I had it and I said, I know I'm not a driver. Where I'm going to? They have no, no, no. They have not. I've always believed in my future. So one day I now came. And uh, the person was seeing me off and I was walking to my um, Bronco. I said, wait a minute. 
whose car are you trying to drive? I said, that's my car. What? How? When? He said, we'll leave the story for another day. You are the God of heaven and the earth. I believe you are thinking that the past was great, isn't it? Ah, this guy had a great past. Wonderful. 2020, no, no, 1975. What a great, ha, 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 ha. You have not inquired wisely concerning me. And so you have not inquired wisely concerning yourself. For the glory of the latter house shall be what? What the Lord is about to do for you, you have not seen it. You can't imagine it. It has not even entered into the heart of man. Be ready, friends. Things are about to happen to you. And we shall all celebrate it together in this church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One thing God has taught me through his word is that one day, even in the midst of all the challenges you are going through, your book of remembrance will be opened. Yeah. And this will change the entire life story. Yeah. God will remember you. Yeah. It's about to remember you this year. Yeah. And that will change your entire story. Yeah. In Genesis 30, 22, the Bible said, and God remembered Rachel. How do you mean God remember Rachel? And God remembered who? Rachel. And God hearkened to her and opened her womb. Does it mean that God forgot Rachel before? Ah. So you mean that all those years that Rachel was crying for baby, God forgot her? Or God closed her eyes? No, God was seeing her. God was looking at her, but God was waiting for a time. <laughs> and when that time came, the Bible recorded that God remembered. <laughs> yeah, our God never forgets. He's too wise, he's too knowledgeable that he forgets. You think he forgot you? You think he left you in the pit of life? <laughs> if you don't understand, when you get to heaven, ask Rachel. The Bible said, and God remembered. Remembered all the prayers of Rachel. Remembered all the weepings of Rachel. Remember all the reproach of Rachel. Remember all the mornings of Rachel. And God said, now Rachel, this is my time and your time. The same God that would have opened her womb the first year of marriage. Did as if he didn't know anything about what is going on in Rachel's life. <laughs> but wait a minute when the Lord opened the womb of Rachel the children from Rachel's womb can you tell me the name of a son of Rachel aha was the savior of the entire people that came ahead of him was the deliverer of his father his mother and all the people that came. And of course, you would have imagined that Rachel would have been a proud mother. <laughs> ah, God is about to remember somebody in the house today. You can imagine that with all the knowing of God, that God would have forgotten somebody? No. It was just simply an indication that when God sets a time, he look out of your cries, your emotion, your thing, and all that. He doesn't want to care. I've said this one. This is the way it is. Wait till that time. Do it. So when that time rings, green like a lamb, God will turn. Say, God remembered Rachel. 
It's not good to go through challenges. It's not interesting to go through challenges. But the Bible talks about something that is working out something. A more exceeding weight of glory. The glory is about to be revealed. And that is why I'm encouraging somebody in the house today. One day God came to the rescue of Rachel without even an announcement. It was God that recorded it and God opened her womb. God is changing someone's story today. God is about to change somebody's story now. God is about to change somebody's reports now. It doesn't matter what report they have been given to you. What name they have called you. What situation that seems to have worked contrary to your life. There was a report on Elizabeth, the barren woman, but God changed it. A report written. At this age, you can't do anything. And so she was called barren. Somebody has been called a fool. Somebody has been called a non-entity. Somebody has been called a never-do-well. Somebody has been called barren. Somebody would have been called frustrated. And you are dancing in church. Say he's encouraging himself. <laughs> he's encouraging. What can she do? She's encouraging herself. Her own is finished. You know now. You know how old she is. She's just simply encouraging. And God will be laughing. God said, don't think like them. There is a mindset you should have that your tomorrow will be better than your today. You are not just encouraging yourself. You are standing on the word of covenant. Because you know that there is nothing that can make the word of God not to come to pass in your life. Nothing. Nothing. And I mean nothing. You know the Bible said the same thing concerning Joseph. God remembered Joseph. Concerning Noah. God remembered Noah. Even David. Even Elizabeth. Even Abraham himself. For a long time God was not even talking to Abraham. But when God came visiting their life changed and their story changed. Listen to me. It is the time for God to bring to pass what he has promised somebody in this church. And I mean it. I'm not just prophesying. I am saying it for truth. Because I know it in my know and the spirit that it's about time that the Lord is bringing to pass that thing he has always promised you. In the name of Jesus. It's time for somebody's prayer to be answered. God stood up prayers. Stood up prayers. Stood up prayers. And it looks as if he's not answering. But when the book of remembrance is open. You know when we pray correctly. God can answer us immediately. And bring the result immediately. Or God can answer us. But say wait. I've had you but Wait. I know God, I can't wait. No, wait. Because of what you're going through, I'm going to do something with you. No, wait. God, God, I can't wait now. No. My mates, my mates. All my mates. We are telling God you are mates because you are the one that brought yourself the, way you, the day you were born. God, can't you see all my mates? Because say, wait, 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 wait. I want to do something with you. Yes, I've heard you, but Wait. Wait till I know that it's the right time for me to do something. God is wiser than all the wisdom of men put together and he knows the very best for you. Then one day your book of remembrance will be opened for you and your whole life will change forever and for good. You that they thought cannot sing well they begin to call you in America, in Germany in Australia, in UK. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was looking at my Facebook page and I saw Mother Jimo. Ah, I said, who am I seeing again? Who am I seeing there? That was Kyrie. Ah, Kyrie has joined Paul Simon. What? I saw Brad Jimo and all the white people. And the next black person, I said, can I recognize? He said, that's, oh my God. How did it happen? From the lighted church. <laughs> I said, from the lighted 
I don't want to give, I don't want to say some, something again about somebody. So that I don't want to, don't, don't worry. I'm talking about your own. Just, just concentrate on your own now. <laughs> just concentrate on your own because very soon they'll be writing about you all over the world. As they're writing about people that have come from this church and they still believe that this is their church. They'll be writing about you all over the world. All over the world. I say all over the world. Please don't forget your root. Don't forget this prophecy. Don't forget this message, please. <laughs> you know, when David, uh, I mean, when Joseph, you know, interpreted the dream of the, of the, of the buckler, and he said to him, please, when you get to the palace, remember me, because they're going to be restored. So I'm begging you to remember me. But this guy didn't remember. Okay, well, no problem. If you don't remember... I will force you to remember. <laughs> and God caused some situation. And he said, I know somebody in the prison. What's his name? Joseph. <laughs> because it was at the threat of his life. Everybody was like, I will kill Pharaoh. I will kill all of you if you don't know how I'm going to get my solution. And he scored a point. That led to his being elevated also. Because he was a friend of Joseph in the prison. And he said, I know somebody called Joseph. So you must remember me by force. <laughs> Whether you like it or yes, you just must remember. You know, but the interesting thing is that we all be prospering together. <laughs> we all be prospering what? And that is how life is beautiful. My people say, you have, I have, you have, I have, you have, I have. We are all having, we are all going forward. We are all going because we have a common covenant. That the part of a just one is like a shining light that shines more and more. I'm not excluded from it. You're not excluded from it. So as, as God is lifting me up, he's lifting you. As God is lifting me up, he's lifting you. And so he's lifting each and every one of us till we get to that point when we say, look around and say, God has satisfied us. And there's nothing we're looking for again. But you need to be very careful because at that point, you will say, God, I've not finished my course, so I'm going to affect life of people. God said, okay. Because if you begin to boast, I have achieved everything. I have 50 billion in my account. In dollars, I have everything. Ah, God said, okay, you are finished, isn't it? You don't have any need for Okay, come, come, come. Do you want that one? No, no, no. So there must be a purpose for your blessing. And if you didn't begin to plan the purpose for your blessing, either it might be delayed or God will call you immediately the blessing comes. So begin to work out purpose for your blessing. Listen, God is busy working on your life for your future, directing your path, leading you by the ends, and taking you where he wants you to go. What God does in the times of our challenge is that he sustains us till the appointed time comes for the full manifestation of our blessings. That is why we should not be in a hurrying life because you're a child of purpose. If you hurriedly finish your purpose on earth, you don't have any other purpose to live for. If you really understand this, you will never be in a hurrying life. You will have to enjoy God's sustenance as you wait patiently for his timing. Talking about God's book of remembrance. When God opened that book, it terminates an error and starts a new process of goodness. You start a brand new life and that is what your tomorrow holds. I believe we know the story of Esther. I know you know the story of Mordecai in the book of Esther. In Esther chapter 6, Ahasuerus, after many sleepless nights, began to wonder, why am I having sleepless nights? And he asked a question. Where is that book of records? Maybe there's something I've not done right. And they brought the book of record. Uh -uh. Somebody actually saved my life. I wanted to be killed. And somebody saved my life. Oh, do you know how I forgot enjoying myself? And I asked them, what, what has been done for this man that did this? They said, no. What can be done for him? Nothing now. He's just your gate man. Ah. 
But he saved my life. He said, yes. He now had somebody coming. He said, who is that one coming? He said, it's Haman. Come, 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 come. <laughs> if somebody does kind of a thing, it's something of very big honor for somebody. What can be done? <laughs> Haman said, maybe he's talking about me. Maybe he's talk the time for me to become this thing has come. Hey, he's talking about me. Ah, that man, hey, the best horse, the king's ring, he has to be the next to you. Everything, give him all the power. That kind of person, he said, that is a good advice. <laughs> Saving my life. <laughs> yes, sir. What else? Everything. He now said, yes, I am going to do exactly what you said. But you do know that person. He said, the person is Mordecai. Ah, the one I want to kill. <laughs> My arch enemy. Oh, no. What, what am I living for? If my arcanine become the prime minister, I don't have a life again. Went and committed suicide. Literally because when the king determined that Haman was destined to be hung in that, you know, in that gallows because of what he has actually prepared for Mordecai. He understood that no one can cause anyone that God blesses. No one can take away the blessing of anyone that God has blessed. They could delay it because you look like a gate man. They could delay it because you don't look like it. But God is watching. But when the time comes, the Bible has told us that God remembered who? Rachel. And so God remembered Mordecai. By making the king to be uncomfortable and he couldn't sleep. And the enemy that thought that his own was finished, even not only him, his race was finished, became the victim of what they wanted to do to him. The Lord is turning the table around. Yeah. Everything that the enemy had done in your life, thinking that you have succeeded, is about to see that his failure has come. Because the Lord will lift you up and bring down your enemies. The Lord will lift you up and bring down your enemies. And what they plan for you, they are entering there by themselves. In the name of Jesus. The truth is that you are you're already a prime minister, but you don't know it. You are already a multi-billionaire, but you don't even know it. Mordecai was still watching the gate. He didn't know that he was, he was already a prime minister. He didn't know. He was still faithfully doing what he was doing. Maybe a day before the book of remembrance, somebody said, come Mordecai, come here, come open the, tell the king I'm here. Say, yes, sir. But the next day they come, where's Mordecai? What, who, Mordecai what? Hey, he want to go to prison. They don't call him by his name again, or they call him master. <laughs> who? That get my, no, it's master. <laughs> and anyone that doesn't call him master will be thrown into prison. Are you kidding me? You are about to be given a name that God has given to you before you were born. You will begin to be called by the name that God has put as a mark concerning you that the world has not seen. Some of you are already landlords, but you don't know it. You know why? Because the house has been built. <laughs> I said the house has been built. You only need to be given the house or just spend some money to buy it. <laughs> some of you has become mother of children now you don't even know it. In the realm of the spiritual God has given you. Some of you are already celebrities but you don't even know it. And so very soon when they call your name, you say, but I used to, we were in primary school together. I know. I was in my secondary school. Okay. We used to live in the same neighborhood. So what? <laughs> it's now the front page news of the new happening in town. And that is somebody in this house today. And that is somebody in this house today. And that's somebody in this house today. What I know is that your book of record is about to be opened for you. Your reward is about to be handed over to you. Get ready for your tomorrow. Start enjoying your today based on your tomorrow. Your tomorrow is bright and beautiful. I know one thing for sure. That this word I have declared came from Jehovah. 
came from the King of Kings, came from the Lord of Lords, concerning people in this ministry, concerning that are present in this church today, concerning what God has perfected, and there is nothing the devil can do about it. Stand to your feet, everybody. Stand to your feet, everybody. And begin to rejoice in the Lord. Begin to thank Him for your tomorrow. Begin to give Him praise. Begin to give Him praise. No matter how tough your today might be, you are tomorrow. You are tomorrow. You are tomorrow's blessing. It's more than enough to compensate all your trouble of the past. Begin to rejoice. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. You are the next Abraham, the next Isaac, the next Jacob, the next Joseph, the next David, the next Esther, the next Hannah. You are the one that is about to be published in the book of life. You might not know how. You might not know when. But the Lord is about to do it. The Lord is about to do it. Give him praise. Give him praise. <laughs> Somebody receive this. Receive this from your heart. Receive it as, as it's talking to you. Receive it. Believe in it. Trust God for it. Trust God for it. Believe it. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Raise up your two hands. Receive grace today. Receive grace from this word to turn you from the inside to your outside. I can see your light shining. I can see your light shining. I can see the glory of God being revealed in your lives. I can see the kings coming to your horizon. I can see the priests of this world coming to your horizon. I can see the gospel being preached by your testimonies. Receive grace. Receive grace. For the doors of blessing are opened. The windows of blessing are open. The clouds have rolled by. The blessing has come to you. In the name of Jesus. Receive your blessing. Receive your blessing. Receive your manifestation. Receive the glory of God upon your life. Receive your testimony. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.